Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. You are locked on Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a May 19th Friday edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer at the Associated Press, Real GM, Blazers Edge, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. Glad that the show is back. Very sorry for uh, the delay in shows this week or the lack of shows this week. Uh, I've been dealing with a uh, weird kind of flu. Uh, I was in bed for a few days. It really sucked. Uh, you know, didn't did it work? Uh, none of that stuff. Uh, which you know, luckily I was able to do that and, and rest up and and get better and 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 uh, I'm I'm feeling better now. So. Uh, I don't know. Weird flu going around. One of my coworkers got it. Uh, there's been a flu. There's been a flu. A flu going around. It seems like so. Uh, but that's over with now. I no longer have it, and there is Blazers news to get to, and there's lots of stuff to get to that I did not get to last week or even early this week. So, uh, lots to catch up on. Probably too much news to continue our, um season in review so to speak for this episode we're going to try and ramp up our draft coverage uh in the next coming weeks so be on the lookout for more draft focused stuff uh and uh there's been quite a bit of news uh in the league related to the draft related to the blazers uh and related to their future that is important and I think we're going to go dealing with that today, mostly, instead of uh, going into the season review that we were doing. Because there has been uh, enough news to to merit that. So, uh, alright. So the first thing that we need to get to is the draft combine which happened late last week in Chicago. Uh, I was not there, but there were lots of prospects that were there, lots of prospects that were interviewed, and there is already a running list of players 
who will work out for the Blazers and potentially to potentially selected but with one of the three first round picks that the Blazers have in the upcoming draft. Plenty of big names that you may remember from if you if you look at draft blogs, if you look if you watch the NCAA tournament, uh, that may catch your eye. Ivan Rab from Cal, really solid rebounder in college, averaged 10 rebounds a game last year. He is one of the rumored names to work out for the Blazers. He is also Damian Lillard's former neighbor, also shares an agent with Damian Lillard. Uh, So uh, that's someone who is on the Blazers' radar, is a front court player that Provides rebounding, which is something that the Blazers struggled with for a lot of the season until Nurkic came to town, pretty much. Uh, at least compared to where they were last year, or two seasons ago now, I guess, uh, when they were a five seed in a weak in Western Conference, yes, but they were a top ten rebounding team for most of the, for that entire season. And this past year, they're rebounding really ebbed and flowed uh, a lot it was really really bad at the start of the season it kind of stabilized and then it got really good when Nurkic uh, arrived uh, you know it improved even more so uh, Rab being a guy who rebounded 10 rebounds a game in college it would not be a bad candidate in my eyes Uh, obviously I'm going to watch a little bit more film on these guys as we get closer to the draft to uh, make a more solid, more informed choice. And also, we will have guys and and folks on, on this show who study the draft. That's what they do. So we'll make sure that we have that. And also on the Locked On Podcast Network, we're going to have lots of great stuff for the draft. So... Uh, Definitely stay tuned for that. We're going to have a network-wide draft uh, as well. So that is going to be a really fun exercise. So be on the lookout for that. Ivan Rab, one of the names of players who is going to work out for the Trailblazers. Other names to be on the lookout for. Dylan Brooks from the Oregon Ducks. He was their uh, best player on their final four team. He plays a wing position. Uh, he can create a little bit on his own. Uh, I That is all I know really about Dylan Brooks. I like that he's a gamer. I like that he has a lot of confidence. Uh, I, I think that is a, is a natural fit alongside Dame, CJ, and Nurkic, guys that all fit that label of being a gamer, guys that you know, really believe strongly in themselves. So Brooks uh, is a guy that is going to work out for the Blazers. Uh, Another guy that you may remember from the NCAA tournament, Sindarius Thornwell from South Carolina, who was the leading scorer in the SEC, but was also part of the best defensive, one of the best defensive teams, the best defensive team during the tournament for sure uh, in terms of adjusted defensive efficiency. So a guy that, while not that big, I think 6'5", and maybe not the longest guy in terms of wingspan, 
uh, could be a guy maybe that's on Portland's radar because he works hard on the defensive end, which for the Blazers is really what you need because guys like Alan Crabb and Evan Turner can play defense, but for a lot of the season, they didn't really play as strong of defense as you would have wanted them to, uh, especially Crabb. And uh, another guy that the Blazers are reportedly looking at is Terrence Ferguson, who you don't know from college because he didn't play American college basketball this past year. He actually was a commit to Arizona, I believe it was, and then ended up going to Australia to play in the Australian Professional League. He had definitely the best quotes uh, from the combine when someone asked him, you know, whether he wanted to win the three point shootout or the dunk contest. And he said both. So that's another, uh, very confident player. Obviously all these guys are very confident, but you like that they're, they're forward with it. I think that's one of the things that I, I've definitely learned about the NBA, uh, over my time covering a lot closer is just really how important it is that guys have confidence and believe in themselves because, you know, you can see it in Portland with with, with all the, the star players that they have with CJ and Dame uh, and, and, and now Nurkic as well. When he was here, you know, he played with supreme confidence and then you see the other side of it when you don't have confidence and it, it, it's a struggle like Myers Leonard has had uh, this season. And, it, it, and it's, you know... It's got to come naturally. You got to believe in it, and uh, I like that Ferguson has that confidence. And Ferguson of those three guys would definitely be more of the project player. From everything that I've read and people that I've talked to that have really followed his career, one of my buddies, Seth Johnston, from uh, who's a comedian here in town, has been on the show before, uh, and is really big uh, into following prospects and 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 stuff like that and has been telling me about terrence ferguson for a a while now and and his 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 film is incredible the guy has amazing leaping ability uh very explosive at the rim some really cool dunks in game that he can unleash and he has a really nice three-point shot uh you know could maybe be a uh you know, uh, a guy that could evolve into a 3 and D player. I don't think he is there defensively yet, but uh, being that he's so young, but he's definitely the youngest of those three guys that I just mentioned, Thornwell and Dylan Brooks, and maybe the most exciting of those prospects. Uh, and I, a lot of the focus for the Blazers has been on the – big men and what they need to do to sure up things on the interior but uh i definitely think as as those workouts note especially those three thornwell brooks and terrence ferguson you know those all also show that portland is interested in bolstering their wing depth and you know pat Connaughton may not be on the team next year uh because he it, it has a non-guaranteed contract uh you know, they have Jake Lehman in the pipeline, who's a young young wing, but you know, he's he's still very young and you need more options to see if another guy can maybe turn into a player. And so and and even 
even more so, you know, you're you're going to need wings that are young and cheap in the pipeline to continue to have a a store of talent in your in your roster and a store of young talent because everyone has talked about how Portland has a massive cap number and they do and they have paid a lot of money to a lot of wings but I'm still of the opinion that Alan Crabb is movable I, I am not as negative as, as a lot of people and as a lot of my Blazers Edge colleagues are that uh, you know Crabb is, is, is very hard to trade I think he is a very movable guy there's a lot of teams that don't have wings that can shoot and I know that the excuse is that team would be bad, but I it doesn't matter. There's bad teams in the league. That's a reality of the NBA. Bad teams exist, and they need people who can shoot. And they have GMs that are trying to save their jobs. And they have owners breathing down their neck trying to be good and trying to make the playoffs. And so guys like Alan Crabb can be moved. However, Alan Crabb is dealing with foot surgery, and that would probably make it a lot harder to trade him. But in the future... Maybe at the deadline, if he plays, he's in shape again, people see that his foot thing isn't going to be a lingering issue, then you know, you're know you talking about, then you can definitely move him. But you need young, cheap talent in the pipeline, even if you're going to trade him for a player that helps you upgrade at that position on the wing. You're going to need cheap talent in, in the back to replace them, not only to, you know, to replace them one day, but also to challenge them in practice and, and, and just balance out your, your, your books and, and, and have something to build on for the future. So those three guys, Thornwell, Dylan Brooks, Terrence Ferguson are guys that while they don't meet a a position of immediate need for the Blazers because they have a glut of wings. They have a lot of guys that are playing a lot. There are already guys who probably aren't getting the minutes that they want on the Blazers at that, those two, three positions, two, three, four, uh, you know, when they go small with the Minu or Harkless at the four, there's already guys not getting minutes that they want. And so, you know, that's not the, the issue. It's it's that they're going to need some cheap talent on the wing to grow in the next coming years, kind of like Alan Crabb was behind Nicholas Batum. Uh, you know, Crabb was a guy waiting in the wing, second-round pick, making less than $700,000 for the Blazers and not really playing a whole lot. And they had Nick Batum, who had signed a big deal, and was a big name player but they needed to have Alan Crabb in the pipeline because what if you decide to trade Nicholas Batum what if you don't want to pay him in free agency and 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 I think the same goes for you know the future of of whatever happens with Alan Crabb whatever happens with Evan Turner is they're going to need cheap guys behind those guys and I think looking at a wing is super important. And if any of these guys, you know, Brooks can create his own shot, at least he did in college, and Thornwell could create his own shot in college. And Ferguson, I, I, don't, I don't really know about, but he seems like a guy that could be a good 3 and D player and also has that explosiveness at the rim uh, to dunk it. So 
I, I don't think his handle is very good from what I've heard. I heard that that's one of the things he really has to work on. But if he can shoot the three well and he can attack the rim on a straight line with like two dribbles, uh, you know, that opens up a whole lot because that's really what Portland needs out of a wing is they need a guy that can knock down the open shot and then if he's knocking down that open shot can beat a closeout. And uh, when the defense is scrambling, trying to get the ball out of CJ and Dame's hands, you know, those two guys are already going to put, and, and when you have Nurkic rolling with to the rim as well, you know, that is already going to create a lot of creases in the defense, a lot of openings for other guys. You just need someone who can actually take advantage of those. And for too much of the season, the guys that were playing, you know, weren't really, weren't able to take advantage as much. You had Harkless out there who has his nice little post game, has his good off the ball cutting, you know, that's great. Uh, and, and that helped this year, but Aminu couldn't shoot, uh, Crab improved as the season went on, really had a strong finish to the season, but in the playoffs, whether it was the foot injury, which he ended up having to get surgery on, or, uh, you know, I think that you can't discount that he was playing hurt, but he didn't really take advantage of that of those of those opportunities either by making shots or attacking the basket. And you know, he had a really rough series, but he was hurt. But regardless, he's paid a lot. And if Portland wants to lower their payroll and avoid the luxury tax and create a little bit more flexibility for themselves down the road, if they want to be a contending team and want to be open to be able to sign. Uh, a free agent here and there to add to their core uh, in the future, you know, they're going to need to move some payroll. And the only way to do that in a, in a way that keeps CJ and Dame happy and uh, you know, the team that is trying to make the playoffs from going stir crazy is to have talent behind them so that if you do end up having to move them, even if it's just for salary cap relief, not even for a player that's better. If you're trading them, say, to Brooklyn, just into their space, and they're going to give you like some picks or something or whatever, if that's what it comes down to and you just have to salary dump those guys, you need guys in the pipeline that are ready to take those spots. And it seems like with at least those announcements of wing players like Thornwell, Brooks, and Ferguson – that's what you're seeing happen with the Blazers is that they're recognizing that they need talent on the wing, that they're going to need guys behind them because uh, Crab, uh, in terms of his skill set and what he does, his best skill is shooting. He plays the two-guard position, which is what CJ plays a lot. He does have great length on the wing and, and can defend really well when he when he puts the effort into it. But, uh, you know, to me, when he's healthy, he's the most tradable guy, but he's not healthy right now. Uh, Evan Turner is uh, a guy who had a really rough start to the season, and I I think it would be harder to trade just because his his game is so... unorthodox compared to where the rest of the league is it's all about three-point shooting it's all about uh you know it's all about it's all about three-point shooting it's all about efficiency getting to the rim all that stuff and 
he doesn't really do that that much. He he really likes to get to that mid range game. He likes to get to that uh, you know that mid post on the elbow spot, and but he he does that well. And if you can convince yourself to build a second unit around him, kind of like what Boston did, and kind of like what Portland did. But the problem is, is that Portland also has a guy playing on the wing next to him that is amazing with the ball in his hands, much more efficient. And it's hard not to want the ball in CJ's hands all the time when he's out there with Evan Turner. So, uh, you know, they they did it to kind of alleviate the playmaking burden. But at the same time, it it just takes the ball out of his hands with the second unit. And if you could find a taker for Evan Turner, that'd be fantastic. But uh, I think that's going to be really difficult. However, right now, because he's healthier, Turner probably has more trade value. Uh, But I I do wonder if maybe Portland wants to keep Turner. Because I think in the playoffs, when the Warriors were really selling out defensively, trying to uh, take the ball out of CJ and Dame's hands, having Evan Turner there to run the offense and bring the ball up the court and get the ball you know just get good sh- just get shots period against that warriors defense when they're selling out so hard on CJ and Dam I think that was very valuable and I think you saw uh you know how Evan Turner can really play a role for this team it just nobody else on the Blazers could hit a three pointer outside of the outside of CJ and Dame they didn't really get a lot of production from anywhere else uh, Aminu had a decent series but uh, you know, they, they just didn't get enough from everyone else uh, to survive the, the fact that, you know, CJ and Dame, they were fantastic, but they just couldn't be averaging 35 a game or whatever for the whole series. They just couldn't do that, and it, that's hard, hard to blame them. And I, I think Turner is definitely going to be movable. Obviously, there's a lot of guys that that are uh, on the table. Basically, I think I think for the right player, you know, everyone's on the table on this team except for CJ, Dame, and uh, Nurkic. I, I really think that. I think everyone is on the table for this Blazers team. They have those three picks. Uh, another guy that uh, I forgot to mention, though, in, in terms of the draft workouts, who is probably the biggest name for draft folks, is Zach Collins from Gonzaga, who uh, was a freshman this year at Gonzaga, but uh, a lot every draft person that evaluates the draft said that he was the best NBA prospect on the Zags this year. The Zags were the number one team in the nation. Uh, almost won the national championship uh, in a very tight, close game. Uh, and, and Collins uh, is athletic. He is tall. He can move with the ball in his hands. He has a decent post-up game. A lot of great things about him. He can finish around around the basket, and that is something that Portland's bigs, until Nurkic, really haven't been able to do. And uh, or at least, you know, do with consistency and get there frequently. I think Noah Vonley could finish at the rim, but he just doesn't always get there. Uh, but Collins is, is a, a big time prospect that a lot of people like. And 
Uh, he's a guy that's going to work out with the Blazers. I think the question with him, though, is will he fall to 15 where the Blazers are picking? And uh, that remains to be seen. The NBA draft lottery happened on Tuesday. Uh, so that is is officially official. The Boston Celtics got the first pick. The number one seed in the East got the first pick in the NBA draft. Uh, pretty rare, pretty crazy, but uh, hey, uh, they made that big trade with, with the Brooklyn Nets a long time ago to get those picks. And uh, they, they're they're cashing in right now. But before uh, you know, we get to the Blazers pick, just a, the draft order: Boston one, Los Angeles Lakers two. So they keep their pick, which they uh, if, had they not gotten in the top three, they would have lost their pick, and they would have lost their pick uh, in 2019, I believe. So uh, huge, huge moment for the Lakers because they would have been. Uh, in a really tough spot for their future had they not gotten that pick. Philadelphia 3, Phoenix 4, Sacramento 5, the Magic 6, Minnesota 7, the Knicks at 8. Uh, they won a lot of games at the end of the season, and that really cost them. The Dallas Mavericks were at 9. The Kings were at 10 again as their second first-round pick. The Hornets at 11. Detroit at 12. Denver at 13. So that's where Portland would have been had they not made the playoffs, most likely. Miami at 14, and then Portland at 15, followed by the Chicago Bulls. So if Collins falls that far, where you have have some teams there that maybe could use a four, uh, or maybe use a big for the future, or, or, but, you know, Sacramento has a ton of bigs. The Hornets have a lot of bigs. Minnesota has some pretty good bigs. Denver, it seems like, is pretty set in that department. So maybe Collins falls to them. And, uh, you know, I think he he would definitely fill a need as a, as a very skilled player and a guy that a lot of draft folks and evaluators like. Uh, we're going to get to one more story before the end of this episode. Before we come back we're going to be back again this weekend with another edition since i was unable to deliver uh on the episodes during the week because i was ill the all nba teams were announced yesterday and damian lillard nor cj mccollum made the list uh cj mccollum did not get any votes on any of the all nba teams which you can understand uh and Damian Lillard got 12 votes, so he was very far off the pace to make it onto one of the teams. The guys who barely made it were DeAndre Jordan, who edged out Carl Anthony Towns for the third-team center spot. But the biggest story, I think, relating to the Blazers is even bigger than Lillard not making it, is that Paul George did not make the NBA All-NBA squad, which means that he's not eligible for the designated player exemption, I think is what it co- it's, is what it's called, uh, where it's a supermax deal where he can sign like a $200 million contract and get $75 million more than he would from any other team. So with that, now the pressure is on Indiana to 
make a deal because they run the risk even if he makes all nba next year he could still decide to leave and they could or if he doesn't make all nba then he, you run the risk of him leaving and you get nothing and a team like indiana in a small market i can ill afford to lose a guy like paul george for nothing and and they also barely made the playoffs this year in the east and even though they did a lot of retooling, getting a lot of good veteran players, it didn't do anything for them. They weren't able to to do better than the, the seventh seed in the East, and I just don't think that that's enough to build your future on. So the pressure is on. The rumor that everyone is talking about is Paul George to the Lakers, but uh, you know, Portland, they uh, are probably not going to convince them, but Here's uh, just a hypothetical trade that I'll throw out there. You know, if the Pacers were interested in not losing it for nothing and you give them some picks, you know, Paul George. Uh, so say you send Alan Crabb if they want an unhealthy Alan Crabb, which that probably is not likely, Myers Leonard and Maurice Harkless to the Pacers for Paul George, Al Jefferson, and CJ Miles. Uh, so you take some salary back in exchange for the salary that you're giving them because Crab, Harkless, and Leonard are all uh, on long-term deals. But, uh, you know, maybe that is something that's enticing because they're young players. You can kind of say, hey, we're going to build this core around Miles Turner. We're going to get these wing defenders like Crab and Harkless that are 3 and D guys. Then you just need to get a point guard. Uh, they have Jeff Teague. Maybe they re-sign him. Uh, but uh, that's just one option, I think, for a trade. Uh but, you know, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. I don't have any inside info about what the Blazers looking to trade for Paul George, but they should be looking. And uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are not shy on social media about talking about how they want Paul George. So uh, they've been retweeting tweets with Paul George. Dame did the other day with uh, Damon PG. So uh, who knows? They want to make it a reality. But we'll talk about that and more next time on the next edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can get a podcast. Until next time.